everybody. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. We're here for another edition of War Drums, where we uh, go back and watch the old WWF Raw versus WCW Nitros, and then we compare, contrast, and uh, say which one we like better Yeah. at the end here. Uh, I'm Dan Hummer. I'm here with uh, the fabulous, handsome uh, man of all trades, Doug Hummer. Uh-huh. I'm here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Eric's here. Wake up. And Clint is here. Nope. How's everybody doing? It's nice end of the week. Okay. Friday. I do have yep. one complaint. Oh, what's, uh, what's that? Okay. Clint, you have done this before. Okay. I do. How the hell? Oh, see, I don't really know. I could know. I don't remember. The last thing I and remember like, is doing it, and I wasn't on last week, so I got thrown off. Oh, we've been like, you know, I, I actually can't make fun of him that because it's been kind of a rough week for us too. So, all right, I had a good week. Aww. Uh-huh. So we'll. Uh, I, I won't make fun of Clinic too much. Oh, how nice of you. Uh, give it time. Do we have some news? Do we have a worker of the week? I mean, the big news is that Triple H is head of creative, right? I don't know if we talked about it last week. We talked about it, I think, a little bit last week, but uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal. I would say, like, if I were going to say, like, a worker of the week, I would probably say, because the match was nuts, I would say Brock Lesnar. Yeah driving a fucking forklift to the ring and instead of lifting the forklift uh, lifting the ring up right away he pushes it back and basically pushes Corey Graves into uh, Kid Rock's uh, <laughs> lap. Brock's a bad <laughs> Yeah. That was pretty cool. Mine is Tampa. It, it was uh I mean and normally I wouldn't, you know, say I'm a fan of Brock Lesnar's for anything. Yeah. But that was just that was cool. I mean, I'm glad he didn't win. Yeah. But you know, he's probably done now, right? I would assume so. Yeah. All right. I think Eric gave his. Eric. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, why? Because uh, the work he's been doing. They finally, they're finally um, pushing the guy. Yeah. To a team. Well, yeah. Triple H has got the helm now. He likes Ciampa. Yeah, I mean he yeah. he's part of the reason why Ciampa is getting such a uh, such a push, you know, to be in NXT to begin with. And I'm a big Ciampa guy, so yeah, you ready for mine? Oh boy, yep. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Logan Paul <laughs> for having an outstanding match at SummerSlam. Uh, nobody can have their second. Second ever match and be that good and that poly, especially because Miz isn't even that good in the ring. Miz is a talker. He's okay in the ring. He can do what he does. But those two actually had a pretty damn good match. And Logan managed to get a pop even as a babyface. Yeah. The people were cheering for him. He proved very athletic. He went through a fucking table. Uh, he proved he can go. And it was his second ever match. He did not look green whatsoever. He he's made for this. So right. You know, love him or hate him. A lot of people think the whole arouse or what? What? I think the boss thing was all arouse just to get him into foot in the door. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, his brother seems pretty good at boxing. But him, I mean, he fought Floyd Mayweather, but I don't. I wouldn't say that he won that at all. It was just a spar or whatever, but he definitely got his ass kicked. Uh, I just think he's an entertainer. He was kind of made for this. It seems like it. Yeah. Me, so I guess we'll see what he does. They got to turn him heel. Uh, who's your worker of the week, Clinton? Thank you, too. Uh, I'm going to go with Bailey and her, and, and, and her new crew. And her, new, her, her new crew. Real strong. Yeah, uh, real strong, you know, Dakota Kai. I'm giving to them. I think the work they did on Raw and how they told that story about how they're running the place now, it, it was it was great. I enjoyed it. And what's funny is that you know when Dakota Kai first uh, came into the came on the scene in uh, May Young Classic, I think it was what 17. Yeah. She was so, like, everybody thought she looked like Bailey's younger sister. Yeah, she still kind of does. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're aligned. Yeah. They look related. Yeah. And Io Shirai is a badass little chick. And the funny thing is, is that, like, you know, Dakota Kai had been released. Yeah. Io Shirai, it looked like, you know, they weren't going to renew her contract. And, uh, you know, and uh, Bailey had been wanting to do this stable for months. Vince turned it down. He retires. So Triple H says, okay, Vince said no, so I say yes. Yeah. True. That's what it seemed like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And may I ask you, this I have to say this, yo. I think with Triple H, this is actually the first Raw I actually watched in a long time where I can actually say I enjoyed all three hours. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you look at the ratings-wise, I mean, this is like, wow. <laughs> I have my mind was shot blown. I was blown away. I do have faith in Triple H. Yeah. I have faith in him. I know all you've ever done is talk shit about him on this podcast. But when it comes to booking, he proved with NXT that he does have the finger of the pulse on at least what wrestling fans want. I can't wait to see because tonight it's a a gauntlet match to uh, determine who faces uh, Liv at the Castle deal. Yeah. What? Wait. Wait. How are you going to do that? They already announced that Ronda's already getting a a title match for... (laughs) I saw this, and then the next day I saw the next. I mean, they had they had, they had the ad out online. <laughs> no, she's Saying suspended. She's so they're looking for Liv's challenger for Clash at the Castle on September. Is 3rd. she like oh. real suspended or? I, I think it's storyline because she attacked a referee. Oh, okay. So she might just need time off or something like that. Right. Uh, she just probably don't want to do it no more because really nobody over there is going to she wants to fight. <laughs> but like what I'm saying is that uh, so I think the gauntlet match it's Natalia, uh, Shayna, Shotzi, Aaliyah, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, uh, Sonia, Zia Lee. I can't remember if anybody else is in it or not. I don't think Lacey Evans is in it, which is stupid. But, and then whoever else, 
and the winner moves on to face uh, Liv at Clash at the Castle. So we'll see who he comes up with to get the title shot tonight. Yeah. Uh, like who he has, you know, have the big moment or whatever. I, I actually think, unfortunately, it's going to be Sonya. Really? Well, it would make sense kind of from like a storyline perspective because Vince was really high on her. Yeah. The gauntlet, is that going to take up the whole show? Because they've done that in the past, right? I don't think it's going to take up the whole show because they also have uh, should, uh, should wait. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ludwig Kayser. Oh. I almost said should wait <laughs> Naser and uh, Lins- oh, Lin- Linsuke Kakakora. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, it seems like this new regime regime is going to be cool. Yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is, is it was a big thing earlier. Uh, the terms uh, wrestling and wrestler are no longer banned by the company. That's awesome. So you can actually well, say that oh, stuff. You know? That's a listen. <laughs> What, they couldn't say that? Yeah, it's only no, sports entertainment. Yeah, sports Vince is just like, you cannot say wrestler, you cannot say wrestling. Either superstar or sports entertainer. You're not a wrestler. But uh, Triple H is kind of a boys guy type of... He's, he's one of the boys. He's a wrestler. He gets it. He is a sports entertainer, but he's also a wrestler. Yeah. That's how we came up. Well, he had even said uh, back when Austin was doing the Steve Austin Show podcast on the network, you know, before he uh, made Dean Ambrose look like a fool and they told him to go fuck off. Uh, um, he had told Austin, because Austin said he's like professional wrestling or sports entertainment. And he goes, look, I love professional wrestling. He goes, I disagree with my father-in-law, uh, but, you know, we have to go by what he says because he's in charge and he's the one person that could probably talk my wife into divorcing me. Uh, he said it like that? That's how I read it. I mean, because it's true. I mean, if Vince called Stephanie and said, look, you're getting a divorce and you're getting it now. Really? I don't know about all that. Well, I don't know about it now because Vince McMahon, I'm pretty sure, craps his pants every time the microwave goes off. Yeah. So probably not. Are you not getting not... to a point or uh, was... no? Okay. You want to? Any anybody else? Any anything from this week that was that good that we want to talk about? Or did anybody like that flare debacle? Oh God. Jeff Jarrett's my no. Uh, no, I didn't want. I didn't bother watching. I watched. I just saw I the movie. They, uh, I'm sorry, but I think what I have to say. We all gave SummerSlam going into that thing like the worst grade, not looking well, and it turned out better than expected. I'm sorry, felt better for what I said. What SummerSlam? After watching SummerSlam. Yes. Yeah, you realize you fell shit on it last week. Um, <laughs> because we, like, we all think it was going to be like pretty the big pit. steamers. And, uh, I mean, Clintus was technically the only one that acted like he gave a damn. Uh, 
but we all shit on it, and then all of a sudden it turned out to be a, a pretty decent show. So, yeah, like, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought Logan Paul would have a good match? Man. That's the only reason I said he was worker of the week, because I thought it was going to suck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who would have thought Brock and Roman would be like, all right, we're going to try this time. And Brock, like, I think this match definitely outdoes any of their other matches. And it's mainly because of the tractor spot. Yeah. And also because Heyman finally took a bump after like 10 years. Actually, no, I don't, I don't think Heyman's taken a bump since. Heyman is a bump. He's got a baby bump. Yeah. We, we, we. Oh, somebody we're going to talk about it in the a cell, I can think of. Yeah. Last time he took a bump. <laughs> That's true. All right. Do you want to get into it? War drums? Sure. All right. Yes, sure. Hell yeah. All right. It is August 4th, 1997. Young, young Dougie's in his Mickey Mouse pajamas. He's watching uh, Raw on a nice... How old were you? I was 11. You were 11 years old. Were you watching at the time? Or just... uh, I, w- I had to kind of flip back and forth because I was at that point to where like, I had to... like I was only allowed to watch when uh, Dad told me it was okay. So I would always flip back. Uh, thank God Nickelodeon wasn't too far away from TNT and USA, and I could just flip back and forth and... You know, without anybody really catching me. I mean, Mom knew what I was doing. We knew what you were doing, honey, the whole time. I know you knew. <laughs> you knew, and Nana and Papa, and Nana and Papa knew. Funny how when Mom, you're a kid and you're sneaking, you're like, no one fucking knows. Nobody knows what I'm doing. See, now you said it's dad. funny you had to do. Why you didn't you just do the um? Mom knew. Right. Mom knew because yeah, Nana and Papa told her. Because I would tell Nana and Papa, and Mom's like, I'm not lying to my daughter. <laughs> All right. Man, well, lie to your son-in-law because he's an idiot. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh god. It, it, uh, it's, it's funny you say you're flipping back and forth. Why didn't you just use the previous um, background on your remote control? Everybody has it. With. I done it. <laughs> you actually want to know the truth? The remote actually got taken away from me. Oh, so you had to do it oh, on the God. TV, man? Yeah, I had, to, I had to do it in front of the fucking TV. It's <laughs> funny as fuck. Yeah. The remote, got taken, the remote got taken away from me because, uh, I forgot what the hell. It was somebody else. It was somebody's fault. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> Couldn't have been Well, yours. I'm not, not going to mention the person whose fault, whose name, I, I'm not yeah. going to mention her. Uh, That's a good idea. But... It, something happened. I don't remember. But yeah, the remote got either got taken away or the battery died, and you didn't. Uh, you couldn't just watch one. You had to keep flipping, like sit in front of the TV. Well, since I wasn't allowed to watch it, yeah, I had to keep flipping. Oh, so then, like, if someone walked in, you'd have to like he, go he, to like yeah. ESPN yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, That's it was so. Nick at Night at the time because oh, I yeah. think it was. Uh, I was watching the monkeys. That's funny. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into Nitro first. Uh, it's August 4th, 1997. We're in Auburn Hills, Michigan. Yes. Uh, the Palace yes, at Auburn sir. Hills is our venue. Our world champion is Hulk Hogan. Our U.S. champion is Jeff Jarrett. 
our world tag team champions are the Outsiders. Our television champion is Ultimo Dragon, and our cruiserweight champion is Alex Wright. Uh, this is the 100th episode of Nitro, and it's the first ever three-hour edition. Uh, the main event is what everybody's looking forward to, and that's Hogan and Lex. How, how big was this? I mean, because uh, Kenneth was watching around this time, right? I think you were, right? Oh, uh, I was watching WWS. I didn't watch oh, yeah, WWS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how big was oh, this oh, for you then, Doug? It, it was big because I was a Luger guy at the time. Yeah. And, like, I, I knew they were going to wrestle at Sturgis because that's when the original, that's when the match was supposed to be. Yeah. But they wanted to do something special because it's the 100th episode of Nitro, so they're like, all right, because Ted Turner was technically still, like, at the helm at the time. And he's just like, give him three hours. It's a special occasion. They'll do good numbers. Yeah. And you had all the other suits in the in the boardroom. They're just like, what the Why do we even employ these fuckers? Because, you know, they had so many other things at the time. They had a, a team at uh, a team in every sport because they had just uh, gotten the rights to a hockey team. Uh, That's funny. So, like, a lot of the suits, a lot of the suits in, uh, in the CNN Center, they're just like, we don't need wrestling. Fuck this. But Ted was so gung ho for it. But yeah, it was a, it was a huge deal, and it was one of those things where like, because with Nitro, you always could expect like big moments. Because sometimes they treated Nitro better than they treated a pay per view. Yeah, most times actually, Bischoff cared more about Nitro than any pay per view. Well, yeah, he cared more about ratings than he did uh, pay per view buys. Right. So it's a three-hour edition. Our uh, our hosts, our commentators are Shivani, Zabisco, and Tanay. Uh We start hour one with Hogan and Bischoff. Yeah. And they're out here talking shit. And because uh, uh, Road Wild's a Sunday, right? Yeah. Saturday. Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Uh, so what what are what are Bischoff and Hogan out here for exactly? Just talking their shit? Just talking their shit and basically saying, look, you know, because Hogan always had to have a segment on the show where he kind of promo. Yeah, he walks out and kind of dances and acts cool with Bischoff. Yeah. Uh, he had to be featured on every show because he's a fucking attention whore. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, again, like, he didn't really want to wrestle like most of the time. Yeah. But it had to be every show you could not, you know, go through a show without getting a Hogan promo. He's basically saying he's going to whoop Lex's ass later. Yeah. Uh, we'll see about that. Then the Nitro girls come out. Yeah. Uh, led by Kimberly. Yes. Uh, the Nitro girls, for anybody that doesn't know, the Nitro girls were basically, if anybody's ever watched In Living Color, the Nitro Girls are basically like uh, WCW's version of the Fly Girls. What were the Fly Girls? Uh, the dancers that opened up in Living Color. Okay. Because I always thought it'd be like, well, Bischoff wants his own cheerleading team. Kind of like an actual sporting event, almost. Well, kind of, but like, 
uh, you know, the cheerleaders had the pom-poms and had, like, you know, whatever. But these girls were actually dancers, like, what the fly girls were. Like, Bischoff has even said that, you know, it was basically he got the idea from watching and living hard. Right. The only time the Waynes brothers can ever say that they got ripped off from them. They're usually doing the ripping. <laughs> All right, so we start out the show with Kurt Henning and Mortis. Uh, Mortis, who who came off of a hell of a rivalry with uh, Glacier. Yeah. Mortis is Chris Canyon, obviously, but is Mortal Kombat villain, and he's wrestling the great Kurt Henning, and uh, Kurt beats his ass. Uh, what do you think of this match, Eric? I thought it was a decent opener. Uh, both guys, we don't even like. It wasn't even that long. It was like what five minutes? Yeah. It was about five. Yeah, I thought minutes. it was decent. It was nothing. It was nothing special, but it was decent. It wasn't. It wasn't anything special, but it was basically it was to get Kurt Henning over, get or get him some TV time because you know. You know, he's wrestling, uh, he's wrestling, uh, DDP at Sturgis. Yep. So basically, yeah, it's just to get sort of win on TV. Right. Because that's important. Yeah. Uh, Clint, do you see this match or? No, I did not watch it. It was Nitro Park. I haven't watched Nitro in a while. But uh, but you've seen the Raw, right? Yeah, I've seen the Raw. Okay. All right. We'll uh, we'll go to you more on the when we get to the Raw then. Uh, Kurt. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was yeah. a good match. It it was all right. Uh, I I mean, we're not gonna really give these. I don't think we should give these matches stars when we do these. Nah, because it's just more like. Because it's TV and TV matches are shorter and yeah, they can be just as entertaining. Yeah. What's up? Nothing. Oh, well, I think. Okay. Oh. Uh, what's up, Eric? No, no, nothing. I thought somebody said something. Dean Malenko and Jeff Jarrett's next uh, against Hector and Chavo. This is a pretty decent oh. tag team match, actually. Yeah, because and again, it's more it's to prove that Jeff Jarrett and Dean Malenko can work as a team. Yeah. Uh. So and they did kind of have like the, the beef with. Uh, um, they did have the beef with uh, with the Guerreros. Right. Malenko did anyway. Yeah, uh, they for sure did, and. Uh, Hector and Chavo were pretty good as a team. And and I, I like seeing them work together. I, I mean, all the Guerreros together were pretty cool. But Dean Malenko and Jared, yeah. they, they didn't really have chemistry, but they had this kind of, like, Dean looked like he wanted to kick his ass the whole time. And to me, that worked. It was pretty yeah. cool. So, uh, no. yeah, I thought it was all right. How about you, Eric? I thought it was a decent match, but um, I do have a question about, with this before Malenko, with this before Horseman? Yes. Yeah, I learned that yesterday, too, because I asked Doug. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, uh, how is he teaming with him? Didn't that episode we watched before, he got kicked out of the horseman? And he's like, well, Dean didn't join yet. He joined in 98, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I wanted to ask Doug that, too. 
Yeah, I always thought uh, Benoit and Malenko joined at the same time. But Benoit joined yeah, in me years too. before, right? Yeah, Benoit joined in 95 yeah. when Pillman was still there. That's crazy. That's nuts. And then Malenko was there, was one of the last people in the horseman, right? Yeah. Malenko joined in 98 when they officially brought him back. They disbanded All in right. September of 97. And then in September of 98, they reformed, and it was Malenko, Flair, Benoit, and McMichael with Arn as the manager. I forgot the point. That's the episode where that's the episode when uh, Flair came back, right? Flair. Fire me! I'm already fired. Yeah, best damn promo of all time. Uh, I remember that episode. That was. A real emotional episode. Yeah, he was crying. Yeah. He was fucking pissed off. He's yeah. shaking in the ring. That was in that Charlotte, was like, right? It was in Charlotte. Was it? Yes. It, uh, well, it was somewhere yeah. in North Carolina. Yeah, close enough. All right, let's switch the channel uh, to a lot of people's favorite program. If they don't like Nitro, it's probably WWF Raw's War. Uh, we're in Bethlehem, PA, the Stabler Arena. Our world champion is Bret Hart. Our Intercontinental Champion is Steve Austin. Our European Champions, Davey Boy Smith. And our World Tag Team Champions are Steve Austin and Dude Love. Uh, our announcers are Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler. We uh, we start the show out here with the Hart Foundation. And we're coming off a of SummerSlam. So a little bit of context. Brett won the title, right? Brett won the title from The Undertaker after yep. Shawn Michaels accident. Well, accidentally, you know, using air quotes, uh, smacked Undertaker in the head with a chair. Yes. That was an so, accident. We all knew that was meant. We all knew it. I knew it was an accident. Was- the only thing accidental about Shawn Michaels was more than likely his birth. Jesus Christ. Hey. Why are you going to be ill, man? That's disrespectful. <laughs> that was an accidental chair, chair shot. We all knew that chair shot was swamp meant for Bret Hart. Now, my fault if Bret Duck and the was standing right there. <laughs> oh, what? If it was accident, why did he tell? Yeah. Huh? His job is a referee. Well, since when has Sean ever done his job? He won't do the job, but he yeah. does his job. Uh, so, Vince, JR, and Jerry Lawler are announcing this thing. A pretty good trio. I mean, Vince was not the greatest. All right. Well, let's ask this. Who would you take? Would you take uh, Giovanni, Tanae, and Heenan? Yeah. Or Vince, Jr. and King? You ask Vince, and I think Jr. and King beats any team ever. But Giovanni, Heenan, and Tanae are better than the Those three. are the better three-man team? Yes. Yep. Yep. I would say. No question. Not a, even close. As a duo, Jr. and Jerry Lawler are very hard to beat. No, I agree. Like, yeah. I would take them. The only ones I wouldn't take them over are Gorilla and Bobby. I mean, that's biased. Though. You grew up with them. I grew up with Jerry and King. Right. So that's kind of yeah. – it depends on who you – I like I old tapes and stuff. Robbie Heenan is fucking amazing. And uh, Gorilla, phenomenal. Yeah. But – I mean, yeah, a good, good idea for a team. What, announce teams? Yeah. Maybe just announcers. I mean, announcers, yeah. Announcer, announced team. Todd Grisham gets elite. 
I do kind of have to say, because I can't remember what match it was during, but I got to repeat like a, a line Bobby Heenan said. He's like, do not leave that TV set. If the house catches on fire, just buy another one after the show's over. <laughs> we got on this episode? It was on that epi- it was on the episode of Nitro. I just can't remember what match it was during, but I just remember hearing that and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so d- during awesome. this and coming off of SummerSlam, another important thing to note is that this is the infamous neck breakage of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Where with, with the pile driver. Yeah. The tombstone that he sat out instead of hit the knees. Right, which he told Austin he was going to do. He's like, just so you know, I'm going to hit you with a tombstone, but I'm going to land on my ass. And uh, Steve goes, no, you're supposed to land on your knees. He goes, I'm going to land on my ass. And he goes, oh, and you'll break my neck. He goes, no, you'll be fine. He goes, Owen, I'm 6'4", or like 6'4", 6'5". He goes, Owen, I'm about about 6'5". You're six one. It's not gonna go well. Yeah. He goes, just trust me. So, uh, damn. Austin trusted him. <laughs> hey, Austin trusted him, and uh, Owen. You know, according to Austin, Owen never apologized. Yeah, they they never liked each other after. I mean, now Austin gives him respect and stuff. Well, oh, yeah, because he's dead. Because it would be kind of you know the, the only piece of shit that would ever you know m- m- mimic the, or mock the dead is me. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> thanks. I mean, you said it, not me. Uh, Steve Austin. But and the thing is, is they ran with it too because Owen's already out here calling him a crippled freak. And talking all this shit. And I love how Austin comes out. He's like, I'm going to kick your ass. I'll kick all your asses. And then he turns around and walks away. Yeah. I, I, I found that pretty funny. And don't forget, this was also the announcement of the new commissioner. The new commissioner and Sergeant Slaughter came out. Yep. I mean, he did yep. okay. I mean, he came out. Yeah. He was gay. Yeah. Well, he did spend a lot of time with Pat Patterson. It was a big moment. Him and the Iron Sheik spent a lot of quality time together in the same steam room that Clintus and Doug go to. They hog the towel. <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're just lucky you can't see the giant middle finger I'm giving you right about now. <laughs> in my mind, I see it, Clintus. In my mind. I'm picturing it. Uh, no, but, uh, so the Sergeant Slaughter comes out uh, uh, to the arena. <laughs> he comes out to the ring. Okay. And he's he's not gay. He, well, as I know, as far as I know, we're getting sued. I'm not. You can't. I mean, he might. He might not be. That's up to him, and it's okay whether whatever he wants to do. I think he's still married uh, to a woman, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he comes out to the ring, and he's the new commissioner. And he tells Brett that it's going to be like this, and he talks all this shit. He comes out like five times throughout this thing. He really kind of... I kind of like six, I think. Okay. Because I saw him way too many fucking times. But it's like, he's not my favorite commissioner or general manager of all time. This isn't that important. All right, so the reason why they brought out a new commissioner, Gorilla Monsoon was the WWF president. But Gorilla's health was failing, like, fast. 
to where uh, he um, he couldn't really go on the road anymore. And so he had also, so basically he's just like, you know what, I can't do TVs anymore. And plus I think he was actually also, he was starting to see the business change and he didn't necessarily like it. Yeah. Because I don't think he liked the attitude there. He didn't. As far as I know, he wasn't a fan of it. Uh, so he wanted to get out. He wanted to get out, and but they needed an authority figure, and Vince wasn't ready to, you know, quit sucking and announcing yet. So uh, they came up with the idea. They made Slaughter the commissioner, because he was already a road agent at the time, and they wanted to bring in somebody that was technically already with the company. Uh. But, like, you, your choices for road agents were Pat Patterson, which nobody has really heard from in, like, 20 years. Or he wasn't really relevant in the right. 90s. Jerry Briscoe, same thing. Uh, you know, nobody knew who the hell Tony Gurria or uh, fucking... Nobody knew who Tony Gurria was. They had to keep up the fact that George Steele was stupid. Where was Jack Tunney? He had been, he was fired in 95. Was he? Yeah, because he was stealing money from the company. He was, uh, he technically worked, when the WWF had a Canadian office, that's where Tunney worked. Really? Yeah. Isn't it funny? Did anybody actually think that he was running shit, or did they always kind of know it was Vince back in the day? They no, it was it was always reported in the uh, shit sheets that it was Vince. Tunney was just somebody who, you know, Tunney's father was friend was friends with uh, with Vince Senior. So, you know, if you were friends with Vince Senior, you technically had a job until you were dead. Even if uh, even if Vince didn't, if Vince Junior didn't like you which he didn't like a lot of his father's friends, which was okay because a lot of his father's friends hated him too. All right. So that all happens. Then in the back, the Nation of Domination are responding uh, to to a match set for Ground Zero. Uh, Yeah, it was the uh, triple threat, right, with Savio, Crush, and uh, Farouk? Yes. And Kama's going to be taking on the one and only most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. That actually happens next. But, of course, Slaughter comes out, and not even like 10 minutes after the first segment he came out. And he comes out, and he makes the Nation of Domination go in the back, right? Yeah. And uh, he, he makes all of them go away, so they leave. And Kama and Ken Shamrock go at it. Uh, what did you think of this match? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Again, just a you know, TV match really didn't get too much time. I, I don't think Shamrock really needed the help of the Bariquas. So, no, maybe not. No. So, like, them winning or him winning because they double suplexed Kama, like, yeah. it kind of took away from it a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Hey, uh, I have to go help. 
hey guys, I'll call you right back. I have to go help my mom with anything they need right now. <laughs> All good. So we'll see you right. soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, but yeah, Kama, Kama. I mean, this was kind of interesting because Kama was supposed to be like a bare knuckle fighter type guy, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe the not supreme bare... fighting machine. Yeah, and Ken Shamrock was actually legit. So this is pretty cool. Uh, no, the Barikas didn't need to show up, but it was still cool that Shamrock got the W. Uh, Eric, what did you think? I thought it was uh, an okay match. Uh, Ken Shamrock is always a decent wrestler. Yeah. I like both of these guys, the former Papa Shango. And, uh, Dougie, wasn't, pa- wasn't he supposed to return as Papa Shango? Yes. Uh, they had, uh, talked about bringing him back as like a more like demented, more evil Papa Shango. Right. And there was like character art for, there was like uh, drawings for it or whatever. And he actually took press pictures. Uh, but then. And they never went through with it. No, an opening came in for the nation. Undertaker happened to be feuding at the time with the nation undertaker had some pull. So, and he happened to be a friend of, you know, old Chuck's old Chucky. And he said, you know what? Put him in the nation. Fuck this Papa Shango. <laughs> I think it was a good choice. He yeah. fit pretty well in the nation. Well, originally he was actually supposed to go in. He was supposed to have Virgil's role in the NWO. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Charles Wright was going to be in the... Yeah, that's what he told Steve Austin on uh, Broken Skull. That's badass. He's like, yeah, I was going to go to WCW. I was supposed to have the role that Virgil had. That's really cool. And uh, But he had talked to Ron Simmons. He goes, Ron, what do you think of, uh, like, is WCW, like, how did you like working for WCW? He goes, towards the end, I fucking hated it. (laughs) He goes, oh, so should I not go? He goes, if you don't want to kill yourself, yeah, yeah. don't. <laughs> That's funny. So Charles Wright's an interesting man. I would love to sit down with him. Yeah, he's uh, I, I he has a lot of good. I gotta watch his Broken Skull, you know, all the way through again. There's yeah. a lot of them I gotta watch, rewatch all the way through. All right, so we're gonna go back over to Nitro. Uh, and Gene Okerlund's going to be over uh, at the guardrail talking to Raven uh, and kind of for their weekly chat. But Stevie Richards comes up with a contract, and Richards really couldn't talk at this point. No. Not like he could later in the uh, right to censor and all that cool shit. But at the time, he, he just wasn't great at it. And uh, he just looked no. kind of nervous. So he was talking about how he's got this contract for Raven. And uh, for WCW, and his next opponent, I don't know if they said who it would be. No. No, they didn't say who it would be. But he he said he's got a contract for you. Come in. And uh, Raven spits in his face. Right, and ripped up the contract, right? Ripped up the contract, spit in his face, and then pushed him. And then he fell over. And then he went to punch him again. Stevie caught it and said, you're not going to abuse me anymore. Stevie Richards was off TV a couple months after this, right? Uh, yeah, first week in November, yeah. he was done. 
Okay. So he was not there for very long. No. Uh, and this really wasn't much of anything. I liked Raven. And Raven and Stevie were pretty good together in ECW, but I don't know. This really wasn't, like, magical or anything to me. Not here, no. Uh, did you ever get invited to a Nitro party? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, then we go to the Giant versus Joey Mags, Lenny Lane, and Scott Demore. Old Scott Demore. Yeah. That's the same Team Canada Scott Demore, right? That's fucking amazing. The man that is actually running Impact Wrestling right now. That's fucking great. The big... The big man. So he was a jobber back in the day. Yeah, he worked a lot of he he worked a lot of it was mainly for WCW. Okay. Uh, I forgot how he had the connections there, but he did a lot he did a lot of job work for WCW. I think at one time the poor bastard actually had to wrestle Ming. Really? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> poor guy. But. Uh, yeah, I don't think he ever did work for Vince. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think that ever happened. Okay. Uh, this was a proper thrashing. I yeah. mean, the Giant beat the shit out of these guys. And it was cool, and he looked tough, and he looked like one of the better baby faces on the roster. Uh, what did you think, Eric? He was, was over. He was over. He was hella over. I, I, I liked it. I, I liked that. They did this with design because this is what you have to do, big guys. Sometimes these classes. I think it was some of the moment. best utilization of them. I think if WWE would have did yeah. that more, they could have got more out of Big Show. You know, there's actually uh, yeah. a, a match he did on the Saturday Night Show when he was champion. Yeah, he wrestled four guys. This was '96. It's not on the network yet, but I, I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube. He wrestled four guys, and this is back when he knew nothing except for the fucking chokeslam. Like, that first year he was in the business, all he could do was a chokeslam. All they wanted him to do was a chokeslam. That's why a lot of times Jimmy Hart, at the start of every match, would jump up on the apron. Yeah. So he could chokeslam. So he could chokeslam and get the fuck out of there, because he knew the guy was limited. Yeah. And then he started doing drop kicks off the top rope. Yeah. But no, like him wrestling a, a bunch of guys at once, like that was the best thing for him. Yeah. So he can throw motherfuckers around. Yeah. I mean, it, it was better. And his handicap matches, because a lot of times that's what they would do for Andre. Yeah. Give him multiple guys so he can just toss him yeah. and look strong. Yeah. But like Andre, you know, towards the end of his career, he really couldn't do that much anymore. Yeah. But. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. But Big Show, you know, was still at the point where he could do or he could do that shit. Yeah, he was a young man at the time. Uh, yeah, about 26, I think, just at the time. So he beat the shit out of them. And then Randy Savage, the macho man, oh, yeah, comes out. And uh, he talked shit to Giant. He said, you won't come out here. And the Giant said, bet. And he came out there. Then he ran away. Uh, and then there's a music video of Lex Luger giving people the torture rack. Right. 
which I found it funny that they used a lot of his stuff for, that he did, like, Saturday night in, like, 96. Yeah. Like, one of the main highlights is him putting Juventud Guerrero in the rack, <laughs> which a lot of people will be like, when the fuck did Lex wrestle Juventud Guerrero? It happened. It was in, I believe it was in 96. Uh, on an episode of Saturday Night, like the full episode's not up on YouTube, but the clip of it is because uh, there's this guy, there's this user, he has like a bunch of like YouTube videos from like Saturday nights, you know, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. And uh, like he actually lists like the whole playlist is like every. So you can technically watch, like, a full episode of Saturday Night, but it's in, like, different, like, segments. Yeah. He, se- he segments everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I fall asleep. Oh, that's fire. Very fire. Uh, let's go back to the other channel. Let's go back to Rao. And on Rao, we have Taka Michinoku and Brian Christopher, Jerry Lawler's uh, late son, uh, rest in peace, you had a conversation with this man at some point. Yeah. And uh, him and Taka had pretty good chemistry. They were two of the better lightweights in that ill-fated lightweight division. I loved the match. I thought uh, Brian Christopher had better chemistry with Taka than he did with Putsky. Yeah. No, I can see that. Because we, you know, we watched an episode, an episode of Raw where he wrestled Putsky. Yeah, I didn't like that match. No, it sucked. I Here, mean, this was this match was actually pretty good. King making the Polak jokes was pretty funny, but that's about it. Well, yeah, because he could get away with it back then. He tries it now, he's going to get fucking arrested for a hate crime. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought these two were pretty cool together. And it, it was a quick match, but Taka got the win. And Taka Michinoku, he gets a lot of love nowadays. People, like, people, like, really respect him for his work in the ring. You know, it's actually funny, uh, uh, this campground that we had a seasonal site at back when you were, you know, just a little bitty baby, uh, we were at the beach there, me and uh, somebody who I was forced to be friends with because dad liked them, and uh, we were talking to this other kid who happened to be a wrestling fan, and we kept saying Taka Muchinoku. Yeah. And the lifeguard was a bitch. And she thought we were swearing. So she just like, you know, you guys keep saying, you know, you guys keep swearing. Knock it off. And it's just like, we're not swearing. We're saying a Japanese guy's name. Uh, And then I'm like, we're not. I actually told her, I said, we're not swearing. So shut the fuck up. Which basically. (laughs) We got kicked out. Uh, We got kicked out of the beach. And, uh. We went home, and I, or we went back to the campsite, told mom and dad, like, yeah, we got kicked out of the beach. And he's like, what'd you do? I said, oh, they said we were swearing. He goes, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, thanks for the support, Pop. So before the, the match with Taka and Christopher, there is a vignette announcing Brockus. Uh, what, what's the greatest Brockus match of all time? I don't even think he was on TV uh, long enough to have one. He had a match, though, or two, right? Well, he, run, he did the brawl for all. Yeah, Brockus was a bad motherfucker. Didn't he go to ECW for a while? I think so, yeah. They, like, traded him for somebody, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could have been... He had a look, right? 
He was very built. He was one big fucking muscle. Uh, so yeah, Rockus. Maybe he'll do big things. Lawler's throwing a fit on commentary when Taka kicks his ass, kicks his son's ass. Yeah. And then uh, Christopher jumps him after. Right. And then we go backstage, and Sergeant Slaughter goes to Pillman's dressing room. And we didn't say this at the beginning of the show, but since Pillman lost his match at SummerSlam, he's got to wrestle in a dress tonight. Yeah. So he hands him in his dress. Pillman's not happy about it. Right. Uh, and then we the camera cuts to Paul Bear. Oh, oh yeah, the Undertaker. Uh, and we, that's why we need to make this a video podcast. I can do my Paul Bear face. I was just gonna say, uh, uh, and Eric's not coming over tomorrow, so you won't you won't be able to make the face in front of him. But he'll see it one day. Uh. He said that he forgot. He's forgotten more about wrestling than China will ever know, and I think that's a cool line. He also says he's more of a man than she will ever be. Whatever that's. Well, I mean, she's two hundred pounds. He's eight hundred. So. Paul Bear's a fucking. He he was entertaining though. He as personable as what he was a passionate and entertaining manager. He was very good. He was like he was such a goof, but he was. I can't focus. But he was... It, it, it is to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, but, like, it was... Like, Paul Bear was just... He was so good at, you know, getting you to hate him. But then again, there was also people... There was a lot of people that loved him, too. Yeah. God, definitely. I I agree. I, I thought he was good. I thought he was damn good. All right. Now we have Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China versus Vader with Paul Bear. This doesn't last very long. No. They go out to the floor and no. get counted out. Uh, yeah. They fight for a minute, and then they go out on the floor and get counted It's heel versus heel. There's not much heat. China drop kicks the fat man. There's not too much to say. It was okay. Yeah. It was entertaining enough. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to Nitro. Yeah. We got one of my favorite tag teams, Public Enemy versus High Voltage. Uh, the enemies got the got the win here. It's not the greatest tag match of all time, but it was entertaining to me. I had fun with it. Remember, we covered this match. Uh, or when they did this match is a Philadelphia street fight in April. That was really good. Yeah. Voltage won that one, though, didn't they? No, they lost. Okay, good. They the lost Public Enemy lot. was yeah. finally able to beat them, because remember, they had a two-match win streak <laughs> on Public Enemy. Yeah. I've always liked Public Enemy. They were a really good... They were a really good team. And the gimmick was... I mean, the gimmick was more over... In I mean, it was just kind of white boys trying to act gangster and throwing their hands up. And shit. Yeah, which got over in ECW because that's all Philadelphia was known for. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, that's refreshing. <laughs> they, 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 were, they were straight up Philly boys, and they were good. 
Uh, they weren't the most technical wrestlers, but they were entertaining enough. Rocco could be. Yeah, Rocco was pretty good. Uh, I liked the match. Did you? Yes. Yeah. You're not pooping me. I like the match. Well, that's good. <laughs> we can't poop, Eric. Oh, I'll poop him. Uh, then the new Cruiserweight champion, Alex Wright, comes out. He's dancing with the Nitro girls. Uh, he wasn't invited. And they were disgusted by him dancing with them. Yeah, they're not happy. Uh, and then that's Okerlund. A sh- that's a shock. Women not happy. <laughs> Okerlund comes out for an interview. <laughs> and uh, Wright starts speaking in German. And Okerlund's getting pissed. Yeah. And he, he said, you can keep that ding-dong schnitz or something. He's like, knock off the wiener schnitzel. This is America. This is Detroit. We speak American here. We speak American is hilarious to me. Uh, but, that is uh, funny. That sounds like a Karen. He says Chris Jericho's going down at Road Wild. I guess we'll see. I guess we shall Do you see. guys watch Road Wild? Not this week, but I have seen it. Yeah, I, I watched it after. I didn't finish oh. it, but I... What'd you think? Sorry. I thought it was good. It was just something... I fell asleep, but I uh, I saw, I saw most of it. I don't know who watched it. Yeah, that's cool. Cruiserweight champion Alex Wright versus Scotty Riggs of the American Males. But he didn't come out to the American Males theme song. Well, yeah, because the American Males were done by that point. But he still went in the gear. Yeah, his gear never changed. Uh, He's taking baby steps. The crowd hates Wright. Uh, Riggs almost beats him. I hate it, Wright. Headbutts him with his... I liked Alex Wright. Alex Wright was really good. He just couldn't talk because he was fucking jerk. And here's the funny thing. And yeah. again, you know, I talk a lot about market marketability on, on this show. Because, yeah. like, I'm an action figure guy, right? Yeah. You know, when WCW was kind of dabbling at first with the, with the action figures, and uh, when they were being made by uh, original San Francisco toy makers, Alex Wright actually got a, a WCW figure. Really? Yeah. <laughs> who it was funny who was all in his set. It was him, Big Bubba, the Giant, both nasties, uh both Harlem Heat, and Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pittman. <laughs> Hell yeah. Really? Yeah. That's who all I think was in there. Ah. There might have even been a couple more too, but no, they were all in that set. And I had, what's actually funny, I had all of them except for Sags and Pittman. Really? Hmm. Well, I, I might not have had Hard on Me, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a good match. I like Alex Wright. I liked him as Berlin. That was one of the only uh, Russo ideas I thought was kind of in- interesting. Yeah, but unfortunately, you know, they didn't really want to. Well, actually, no, it wasn't a Russo idea. It started off as a Bischoff idea. Are you sure? No, yeah, Bischoff brought it back. It's Berlin. Okay. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Well, the reason why it was cool is because it wasn't Russo's idea. So Kane's not cool? 
He uh, was a Pritchard idea. Bullshit. Uh, Chris Benoit on six. I believe what I want to believe. You're a liar. Well, we we come in for hour number two. Uh, it's still Shivani, Bobby, and Tanay, right? Oh, no, Sabisco's gone, and we got uh, Bobby. Yeah. Which is a beautiful trio. Uh, so, hour number two here. We're going to start off with Chris and Six. The old Benoit versus the old X-Pac. This was a very good match. It only lasted four minutes, and Jeff Jarrett comes out and beats up Benoit for the DQ. But for the little limited amount of time these guys were out there, it was actually a pretty good, solid, entertaining, fun time. It was. And then I just remember afterwards like when when Jarrett's beating up uh, Benoit, you could hear the crowd erupt, and here comes Mongo storming out to the fucking ring and then just beats the shit out of Jeff Jarrett. And like you know, it. Jared didn't have it coming. Jared was shacking up with his wife, which I I'll never understand why guys sometimes get so mad at other guys for uh, you know stealing their wives. Because to be honest with you, like nine times out of ten, they're saving you. They're they're basically taking over your life sentence. Yeah. I mean, I understand where you're going at, but it's still not fun. <laughs> I mean, Deborah McMichael was a ball-busting bitch, so I would, to be honest with you, Mongo should still be sending Jeff Christmas cards. She might have clapped like a machine, though. Well. All right. So we're going to switch back the channel to Raw, and we have the Patriot. And he's, uh, you know, talking about America because he loves it. Yeah. It's his whole shtick. He's the patriot. He wears a, an American flag mask, and he loves America. Which, uh, it's funny how he got that gimmick. And it, the story was actually told on this show. Uh, well, I mean, a different episode of this show. Uh, but uh, John Horton, who's Craig Johnson in the GWF, tells a story about how it was actually Demolition Axe, Bill Eady, that gave uh, Dell the gimmick. Really? Yeah. Well, because when they were going to bring Dell in, Dell was just going to be, he was just going to be known as Dell Wilkes. Yeah. And Bill's like, you know what, let's try something. And uh, they put a red, white, and blue mask on him, red, white, and blue tights, said, all right, you're the Patriot now. I mean, it somewhat works yeah. at some times. It worked more in Japan. Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it works more in Japan than America. And it's an American Love America uh, gimmick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he he had some matches with Bret Hart that was actually pretty good. He did. And, and that was the thing, is that, like, he could get over, and, you know, guys would put him over. Yeah. And Brett didn't mind doing that. Brett didn't mind helping him out. Owen, for some reason, had a problem with it. Yeah. But then again, Owen was just more focused on breaking guys' fucking necks because he was too lazy to land on his knees, just wanted to land on his ass. Uh, maybe he was, by landing on his ass, he was just trying to pop a boil or something. The only problem is he popped Austin's head. Yeah. 
I mean, it wasn't his finest moment, but he was known to have a little bit of fun sometimes, too, in the ring. What's fun about paralyzing a guy? I didn't say in that specific moment, uh, but he he was known to, you know, go off script and shit. Uh, so let, let's move on to the Patriot and the Sultan. And the Sultan, which is Rikishi. Yeah. This was a weird gimmick for him, and he comes out with the Iron Sheik. The the weirdest part is how long it lasted over a full year. Cool. Is that like it was so stupid, but it lasted as long as it did. I I think it was mainly just to keep Sheik on television. Really? That's the only thing I could think of. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was okay. It was cool when he lost to the Rockets, uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. The Patriot kicked his ass and beat him with the Uncle Slam. Yeah, the Full Nelson. The, the Uncle Slam. Nelson Slam. Yeah. Uncle Slam. Which is a Full Nelson Slam. The Uncle Slam. Yes. <laughs> all right. But then the Heart Foundation comes out and starts talking all sorts of shit. The Heart Foundation? No, the Heart Foundation. Uh, and then Heart Foundation. Yeah. Uh, we got to explain it to this dummy. <laughs> I'm just the Sergeant Slaughter comes out and he cuts off everybody but Brett. And he tells Brett to look around for his backup. Uh, Patriot leaps off the apron and he goes after Brett. And they get into a short little brawl. And then they get pulled apart. And the crowd chants, USA. USA. USA? USA. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, Now we're going to enter the war zone, Dougie. Yeah, well, you and I enter a war zone every day. (laughs) And that's just when I have to clean toilets. Uh, (laughs) Our hosts are Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler still. But uh, fuck them. We're going to go back over to Nitro. And let's talk. I mean, Nitro girls, hot chicks, cool. Booker T and Stevie Ray against, well, with Stevie Ray against Vincent. What a barn burner that was. Virgil kicked his ass. Virgil needed to learn how to take the fucking scissor kick. (laughs) How do you botch a scissor kick? Virgil, you know, you talk about, you know, accidental burst. I think Virgil's parents botched that burst. What'd you think of this, Eric? I thought it was all right. I didn't. I didn't think it was anything uh, tremendous. Booker T was really good. Vincent, you know, sucked. And then Ric Flair comes out. Not Ric Flair. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, yep. the master of the Diamond Cutter. And the diamond he comes cutter. out. And he talks about how he's going to kick Ric Flair's ass later. Yeah. And how he respected him. He also said he respected him. Right. Which Flair, over the years, has done nothing but talk shit about DDP. DDP was at his last match. Wow. Yeah, well, except for when uh, Flair needed uh, needed him to help him get back in shape with the yoga. There you go. Flair talks shit about you until he needs you. All the years he talked shit about Bret Hart, but then he wanted Bret to come sit at his last match. <laughs> Did you guys see that meme 
where it's just like, uh, you know, Flair, he's cutting, he's cutting the promo, talking about, you know, his last match or whatever, thanking everybody for uh, for coming out, and you see Foley and uh, Taker and Brett in the background going, "Flip, Rick, come on, we got to get back to the home. It's past curfew." Very nice. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> it's all four. It's all four of us. Like they they all escaped from the fucking nursing home. It was kind of nice to see though too. All the legends together. I I don't think Bret Hart has ever hung out with Mick Foley. <laughs> he did that day. Michelle McCool was there too. Well, was she? And you could tell which one she. Well, obviously we know she's married to Undertaker. But... That was all Hall of Famers because she's in the Hall of Fame, isn't she? Not yet. Uh, she will be though. You will be. I thought she yeah, was probably not. Yes, you will. All right, Wrath and the Barbarian. What'd you think, Eric? Wrath and the Barbarian? Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I didn't draw my interest. You fucking hated it. All right, Doug. What did you think? I mean, it wasn't necessarily a good match, but, you know, Wrath would get better. And Barbarian was just one tough son of a bitch that if you told him to his face that he sucked, he'd eat you. It was stiff. Kind of like you on prom night. It was stiff. Yeah, well. Let's not go anywhere with that, boys. First of all, I didn't go to prom. Guess we'll just hang out in the dead silence then. Yeah. It's better radio. No, I, I didn't go to prom. I mean, I was... I mean, I've been stiff many times, you know, here at the household. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, this match sucked. So, there you go. Yeah. And uh, all night after this, all night, all we've been hearing about is the Steiner brothers and this big announcement. So, why don't you get into it and you do a little background? Okay, so, Rick and Scott Steiner are getting ready to wrestle Hall and Nash at Road Wild, right? Yeah. And they're going to make this announcement. They said they got like a big surprise. Big surprise happens to be Ted DiBiase, who was at one time a member of the NWO. But he left the NWO because technically he really didn't want to be on TV anymore because his original role for the NWO was he was going to be the money man. He was going to be the one in charge. He was going to be the one financially backing the group. Yeah. But then Bischoff realized he wanted to be a dick. He wanted to be a heel. He pretty much took over being the spokesman for him. Well, let's be honest. Ted didn't fit. He just didn't. Oh, he Ted, didn't fit. Just a minute. He didn't fit with the NWO. He didn't. I mean, Ted is a good... Ted was a decent manager. He was a great manager. Uh, I mean, the shit with Steve Austin sucked, too. But he was a pretty good manager. But... He didn't fit with the NWO. That was a whole different type of a gimmick. It was gang violence. You don't need an accountant when you're doing gang violence. Right, and, and that was the thing. And Bischoff being a biker, Bischoff fit more. Yeah, because he was like the boss, and like, oh, they're all just running the place, and they don't give a fuck, and they make fun right, of everybody. Right, because DiBiase wasn't a boss. No, like, he had money, but that's like, who cares? No, no one cares about the rich guy that funds the, the cool people. They just care about the cool people. Fuck. Ted to be asked. <laughs> like that I mean he didn't matter in that group. 
he didn't mean anything. And when he, no. they left, I think it was it was good. And I think Bischoff fit in better and had more iconic moments. Right. So this was cool though. So they bring him out, and you know Rick's out there barking, uh, like usual. I don't think Scott said a fucking thing. And, you know, D.B. Odyssey's out there cutting a promo and being all heartfelt and hauling ass come out and shit on it. Because uh, that's what they do. And there's and D.B. Odyssey's just like, look, I'm going to make sure they take your titles on Saturday. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a decent moment. Like, it was good for, like, a surprise, but I don't think anybody really cared. Because it was just like, oh, Ted D.B. who gives a fuck? And I love Like the, the announcers did, yeah. but... Yeah. Ted DiBiase's awesome, but this didn't really... This wasn't as big as I think they thought it was. Oh, no, he didn't want to do it. Like, he had said in a shoot interview, he's like, you know, the Steiners don't need a manager, right? Yeah, they don't. All right. No, they don't. No, they don't. So now we're in the war zone, baby, and we're back on Raw. Shawn Michaels comes to the ring, and he's a sexy boy. But he's not your boy toy, Sharon. And he's dancing around with his shirt off, you know, getting the women excited and the men jealous. And some of the men excited. Uh, Doug was smiling cheek to cheek, even though he doesn't like Shawn Michaels. He talks shit about Bret Hart even and says he's not. Paul Bear is more my type. Yeah. You're a chubby chaser for sure. Uh, he says he addresses if he's in cahoots with Bret Hart or not. And, and Vin, he calls Vince the dumbest son of a gun he's ever met in his life. He didn't say that. <laughs> well, in the PG, well, this is rated R, right? They call we it, are, yeah. Yeah. Whether the show is, we are. Uh, but yeah, he talks. He talks to Vince, and uh, he he basically talks shit to Vince. Vince talks shit back to him, and uh, yeah. He says he's going to beat up The Undertaker. This is a classic Shawn Michaels promo. It was pretty good. It was better than a lot of his stuff yeah. that he was doing like a couple of years prior. Yeah, he starts, he's starting to get into D, DX, Shawn. Yeah. And, uh, it's like so, douchebag, Shawn. Yeah. But that's an entertaining Shawn, too, whether you think he's an asshole or not. Right. When he's feeling himself and he thinks he's the greatest thing of all time, he is pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then Yeah. Uh well you like anything that's a dick. Yeah, look at who his best friend is. What what I I probably should have worded that a different way because I'm pretty sure it just sounded dirty to him. <laughs> well then he just likes dick. Yeah. There you go. Uh yeah, Undertaker comes out. Bye. Oh, by the way, the fact that you're doing that kind of reminds me that tomorrow when we do the top 10 theme songs countdown, if none of the theme songs, if some of the theme songs that made the list are not already downloaded, we're singing them when they get revealed. Yeah, so, Eric, you better make okay. sure all those songs are downloaded. So, he does this. Yes, sir. Sean slowly leaves. And then Paul Bear comes on the Titan Tron. Well, 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 The Undertaker. 
and he's talking all this shit. He's being fat, uh, but <laughs> we still love him. Uh, and R.I.P. to to Mr. Percival Pringle. But he he's just fucking hilarious to me, and he really works the double chin when he moves his face. Oh, and I really find I mean he just knew how to work it, baby. And he just like he just kept smushing his face together and the Undertaker. He's talking about Kane, Kane. I was with Kane last night. <laughs> so you do it better. <laughs> just, pretty good though, Doug. Yeah, I do a better pair, but that was a hell of a Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy. Uh, so. <laughs> But, uh, no, it was, and he actually called Paul a fat liar. Uh, or, or Paul said, call me a fat liar, something like that. It's all the Kane shit. We saw this a couple weeks ago when we did a, the, our last war drums. Uh, they're building up to it when it happens, the, the Hell in a Cell and the iconic moment that we know when Glenn Jacobs comes out. And he's not a dentist. So Or a fake beagle. Exactly. So it's it's pretty important. Then Slaughter gets an update on Steve Austin's condition from his doctor. He shakes the doctor's hand. The doctor says Austin's fucked and he can't wrestle. Is that about cover it? Yeah. All right. He's like, in my professional opinion, Austin shouldn't wrestle. Which, by the way, the doctor actually looked like a younger version of Ron Jeremy. All right. Now we got Ahmed with the Nation against Chains with the DOA. Again, Slaughter comes out and makes everybody leave. You would think that as many times as Slaughter walked down that ramp, he would have lost some weight, but he just looked fatter every week. <laughs> Which I like Slaughter. He's cool, but it's like, fuck this. This is stupid. I get you're trying to be that guy, but it's like nobody cares. Can you imagine him and, him and Paul Bear trying to walk through a door at the same time? I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was cool. If he would have just did it this time, I thought it would have been cool. If he didn't do it other times, but I think him making everybody of each group leave was pretty cool. And like the the DOA leaving on their motorcycles and shit, that yeah. was pretty badass. He did it a couple more times, but it wasn't like something he did every week. Yeah, it was just tonight, but it was way too much. He uh, did it. He did it that night, and then he did it again like a year later. <laughs> Oh, my God. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson split up. Breaking news. What? Yeah, it's very sad. Uh, (laughs) Even though this is a wrestling show. Let's let's give a little bit of the the public scoop. Uh, Speaking of scoop. Can he go hotter? I mean, he went from Ariana Grande to (laughs) Kim Kim Kardashian. And he's ugly as shit. But he's got something about him. He he has to have an anaconda. There's got to be an anaconda between those legs. But how can can he go up any further, or is it just going down? Are we going to see see a fucking... I don't think he can go up in net worth. Kim Kardashian's worth like a billion dollars. But in like attractiveness. I don't know. He's been with some cute girls. Or is he going to end up dating fucking uh, Caroline Ray tomorrow? Maybe. Uh, he Maybe. Karen knows who that is. So I do. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, is she hot? She was cute back in the day. She's old. Oh. And not old. I mean, she's a middle-aged woman. Yeah. Oh, that's old. Uh, she's probably in her 50s, so that's more than middle-aged. She's but... a middle-aged woman who's uglier than Jasmine from Big Brother. Oh, God. Uh, oh, I'm God. Actually... 
Ahmed wins the match, kicks Chain. Get your beard off my lap. <laughs> Ahmed, he, beat, he beats up Chain. Uh, he wins the match. And then, and then uh, the nation come out and beat him up. And so I guess he's out of the nation now. Yeah. Was I, they never that fucking was weird. It, it was weird. It didn't make much sense. He won the fucking match. Even the announcers were like, what's happening? Yeah. When you have Lawler confused, I don't even fucking know. Him and Ahmed and Farouk really did not like each other. In real life? In real life. Because when when Farouk debuted and kicked Ahmed in the kidneys, it was a legit shot. He really fucked up Ahmed's kidney. Really? Yes. It literally almost killed Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, that's ass. That's super ass. Yeah, so it was it was I mean it was accidental. But uh Yeah. All it, right. Yeah, it was just like but yeah, there's always been heat. I mean it was accidental. I mean there were some people that were actually high fiving Ron because they hated working with Ahmed. <laughs> but uh Let's go back over to Nitro, all right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Conan and Psychosis. This was a bit of a botch fest, but not too bad. No, Psychosis was really good if he had the right opponent. And usually Conan was the right opponent, just not here. Yeah. God, I would have liked to have seen Conan put Sonny Ono on that tequila sunrise at all. Yeah. Uh, it that's a cool finisher though. It is, and he did he did get psychosis. He, he psychosis botched a little bit here, even though I really like him. Psychosis is one of my favorite cruiserweights. Yeah, mine too. But uh, you know, this was pretty cool for what it was. But Conan got the W. So let's go to Glacier and Ernest Miller against Silver King and Damian. Ernest Miller and Glacier were such a weird tag team. They were. But Glacier had a great entrance, so that's okay. Uh, and Miller. Miller wins, and he beats Damien. And uh, Miller and Glacier get the big old George W. What did you think of this, Eric? I thought, I mean, I, I've always liked, I thought Glacier was always um, entertaining, uh, especially because he had this persona of uh, the way he came out. He wasn't that great in the ring. All right. So uh, we're going to quickly go through these <laughs> the rest of the show. Uh, we're running out of air time here. Uh, let's go back to the sit-down, Doug. Uh, <laughs> we'll go back to Raw. Godwin's in the headbangers. What did we think? I thought it was good. I thought it was a good finish. Yeah. Uh, Eric, how about you? I thought it was decent. Headbangers and Godwin. It was a good, it was a good match. I really liked it. Uh, good fight. And uh, yeah, the guy once got the got the W. Uh, they were leaning towards Southern Justice. They were getting there, right? Yeah. Uh, and they were a heel team, so uh, that's the way that went. And then next on Raw, Brian Pillman and Bob Holly, and Pillman's wrestling in the dress. Oh my God! How funny was this? It was hilarious. Interesting area. Uh, Goldust was laughing his ass off and having a fun time, and him and uh, what's his name deserved it. Yeah. Terry Reynolds. Uh, so they were having fun, and it was great. Let's go back over to Nitro. DDP and Ric Flair. 
probably a, a Wolf top three match of the night. Yeah, I thought it was a really good wrestling match. Really good wrestling match. Uh, what did you think, Eric? I thought it was a good uh, match. Probably the probably best match of the two shows. I think I'd agree. Uh, all right, Los Villanos versus Hector Garzo and uh, Liz Mark Jr. And Liz Mark Jr. This is a pretty good match, actually. And uh, yeah, I liked it. The, Los- the Villanos got the way. I think this is the only time the Villanos ever won a match. Yeah. All right. Main event time for both shows. The main event on Raw is Dude Love versus Owen Hart. And uh, Dude Love wins. After Owen gets hit in the head with the slammy by Austin. Yes. So Austin comes out, attacks Owen with the slammy, even though he's hurt, but he had to be on TV. And Dude Love gets the W. Uh, it was a little, yep. it was it was a weird finish, but I really liked it. And the match was okay, too. It wasn't the best match. No. But, uh, you know, I, I really liked the, the ending here, though. I thought it was a good ending. Uh, yeah. It, but it, it did not hold Better the candle. storyline. It was a great storyline. Did not hold the candle to the ending on Nitro for me, though. Uh, Lex Luger oh, no. and Hogan. Lex gets his moment. And you said this was Nash and Hall's idea, right, Doug? Yeah. They had said, they're like, look, you know, he deserves the opportunity. He's hot. Crowd behind him. They're hot. Let's, well, uh, let's, you know, let's do this. And Hogan was on board. Bischoff was on board. Sting wasn't. Oh, no? No. Well, because he, he thought it was, you know, interfering with, you know, interfering with the storyline. Yeah. And I can see that. But Lex wasn't going to get a long run. They just needed something to pop a rating. And for the 100 um, Nitro... And yeah. three hours, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't. You didn't need. He didn't need a long run. What he needed, what they needed, was they needed to get a good rating because they knew. Because the WWF was actually switching times at that time. Instead of going eight to ten, they were going to go nine to eleven. So they knew they were going to go head to head with Raw for two straight hours. Yeah. So. And that show would continue to do three hours after this, right? This is their... uh, it would be sporadically until the end of January 98. And then, yeah, for about two years, they would go three hours. Uh, yeah, they were the first wrestling show to go three hours, right? Yes. Yes. Luger got the win. Great moment. Great Agreed. rack. Great moment. World champion. Uh, I don't I, know if he had a great rack. I loved it. It was a great torture rack. Yes. Uh, I love this match, and I, I love the win. I did too. And Lex deserved the pop. It was a great moment for Lex, and he's one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Uh, let's give our final yeah. thoughts on the shows and which one was better. We're running out of time, so we're going to start with you, Eric. Um, I thought Raw was kind of based off the whole Sean and Undertaker and and then Stone Cold storyline. So I give. Nitro is a better show. I, I like Nitro better. I give that 9 out of 10. And I give Raw probably a 7 out of 10. I just thought Nitro was 
better overall. I enjoyed that better. I would actually agree with you. I thought both shows were really good. I could, you can tell why Nitro was winning it this time, though. And uh, yeah, I give them a 9 out of 10 also, and I give Raw a 7.5. I thought Raw really tried, and I thought they had some good storylines. They were pushing the stories forward, and it was some good wrestling, too. But Nitro was just so on a roll and so hot, and that main event was hard to beat. And there was some good wrestling in between, too. Doug, take us home. All right. Yeah, yes, uh, Raw was telling pretty good stories. The whole Pillman thing, the Austin deal, the Sean and Undertaker. Uh, and they had decent matches, but Nitro was telling story after story after story. You know, with Luger and what Steiners were doing. And, you know, they had really good matches themselves. But you cannot beat Lex Luger's moment. I would give Raw a 7.5 out of 10, and I would give Nitro a 9.5 out of 10. Okay. So Nitro wins for all of us. Correct. All right. That was our uh, War Drums, number four. Make sure to check out the Wrestling Outlet every Wednesday and Saturday for their Hollywood Hangout. Uh, Make sure to check out Elite Diplodoc on YouTube and Sneaky Fetty on Twitch. Maybe he's Elite Diplodoc on Twitch, too. I have no idea. Yeah, he is. Uh, So there you go. Make sure to check us out 6.30s on Fridays for wrestling, or Unscripted Wrestling, obviously. That's here right now. We just did the war drums. What are we doing next week, Doug? Next week I'm interviewing Rod Price, California stud, rugged Rod Price uh, from uh, GWF and ECW fame. Also was in the USWA. I don't know who my co-host is yet. I'm working on it. All right. Uh, so Doug's got an interview. Make sure to check that out. Oh, Eric uh, can't be on. No, Eric can't be on. All right. Tomorrow we uh, have Unscripted yeah, Unlimited. Yep, you're working. Unscripted Unlimited at 7 p.m. And uh, it's going to be you and it's going to be your cartoon countdown theme songs. Correct. So everybody check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Doug's been working pretty hard at this. So, uh, Come show it some love. So we'll all be there. Check out Sunday, uh, 3 p.m., the Stabcast, me and Mindy. We're going to be talking about the babysitter and on the web cave. It's going to be pre-recorded, but it'll Ooh. come out on Monday, and we're going to be talking about uh, the superhero movie tier list. Everybody, this has been a great episode, and we'll see everybody next week. All right, later. Yeah.